0: Welcome to the fiercely spiritual podcast. I'm your host, Sandra Ray, and I'm so thrilled this week to have a special guest, Monica Valero with us. Monica is an actress, a comedian and a filmmaker turned clinical hypnotherapist and success coach. And she now empowers her clients and students to live the life of their dreams. Welcome, Monica. So pleased to have you. Yes, thank you so much for having me. I'm
1: so honoured to be here. Thank you, thank you.
0: Well, I can't wait to chat about you, about your story, um, about all the stuff you do. First of all, um, I know you were born in Treviso in Italy, uh, but you're now living over in the US. You moved, was it 11 years ago? Yes,
1: actually. Okay few days ago was 11 like the mark 11 years ago <laughs>
0: yes so the anniversary of you arriving over there was a few days ago
1: yeah yes exactly so, so, we went, so it was a it's a big milestone you know yeah so born and raised in Treviso Italy exactly
0: and so you were an actress before you went to America um is that right um, yes I used to be and
1: uh, I moved uh, February 27th, 2010, without knowing English at all. I knew how to say, hello, my name is Monica. I'm from Italy, like this, right? (laughs) Very strong accent, a couple of sentences, but um, I didn't really know the language and I didn't really have money. I had $1,100 in my pocket, which back then um, was not that much, you know? And, uh, and I just jumped, I moved to the US because I wanted to make it big, I wanted to try to make it, you know, in the movie industry, Uh, I used to be an actress in in Rome as well. I lived in Milan for two years, Rome for six, and then I moved to New York, you know, and um, yeah, so I went to English school, acting school, I worked. So much, like at every hours, like in the morning I was going to school, then the afternoon I was going to work, and uh and that's how it all started.
0: <laughs> yeah. So you were basically just following a dream to be an actress. You knew that that's what you wanted to do, and you just put everything into it. You just dropped the life that you were living and headed over. And um, so, how did that pan out for you? Did it turn out as you expected? Um.
1: No. It turned out much better than that, meaning that it was very hard. I have to admit, I didn't know what to expect. I still remember when I was uh, on that plane going there. Right. I didn't know anybody in New York either. Um, and so I said, OK, well, when I finish the money, I'm going to go back. Right. Because <laughs> I had the the, the the flight to go back booked already. Um, and and then it went well, meaning that I. I. Um, started having some connections i started learning the language and i saw and experienced a completely different world that i was accustomed to and that gave me the motivation of what's out there for me what else right and i wasn't i mean i was young but it was 11 years ago so and i wasn't in my 20s anymore like i moved when i turned 30 meaning that, you know, um, not that it's, easy, it's easier or harder, but that means that the, the older you are, the harder it is to adjust to whatever that is, a language or a new culture. But for me, it was an awakening moment. Yes, I had a cultural shock because a lot of people, they're like, oh, did you have a cultural shock moving from New York to Los Angeles? I'm like, uh, no, really. <laughs> I had a cultural shock when I moved to, to the U.S., you know, uh, in general. And um, it was very hard. I spent five years in uh, in New York and they were really hard. They made me the woman that I am today. Uh, and so I have learned the hustle and bustle. I always been a hard worker because that's what I've been taught by my family, right? You got to work hard and play hard if you wanted to, to to have money, to succeed, to to do anything that you want in life. And therefore, for me, jumping into what I do now, it was a lot of work, you know, a lot of self-development work.
0: Yeah, it's a big step and a big turnaround. And I want to talk about that a little bit. But first of all, um, so I just want to talk about you said you were 30 when you arrived over. And that was such a brave decision, Um, particularly the fact that you weren't speaking English. And as you say, it's such a big learning curve when you're starting to learn a new language. And there was so much, so much newness, so much that was different. You were obviously leaving behind friends and family. Um, And did you, did it scare you? Like, you must have been frightened by it, but you did it anyway. I did it anyway. And uh, food was my cop-up a little bit,
1: meaning that I was working so hard that I needed energy to take the subway and go home. I wasn't living always in great neighborhoods um, because, of course, it depends on what you can afford, right? So, in order to be alert, in order to have energy and coming back at midnight, 1 a.m., you gotta be, especially as a woman. In Manhattan, you have to be careful. And so I was eating a lot of snacks, late night snacks. And so food became a comfort a little bit. And for the first time in my life, I gained, I think, 20 pounds. I've always been skinny, right? But so there, the gaining weight for me was also a a a transformation. And for the first time in my life, I was not seen by others as well like in Italy, I don't know how it is in Ireland or other parts of the world, but in Italy, if you are a nice girl, people look at you. I mean, sometimes even like too much, right? <laughs> in New York, or even in the United States in general, and now I'm, I'm accustomed to it and I prefer this, but you are just a number. You're not seen. So gaining 20 pounds, not being acknowledged and seen by people it was it was scary. It was hard. Yes, I was scared. I was acting all tough, right? But of course, I was scared and I was feeling lonely. And my mom likes to remind me that there was a time that I didn't really call home because I was so operated with all these new informations with life happening to me in that moment that I couldn't even be in charge on anything of anything you know, so yeah, but I pushed through it. I've learned so much. I had a lot of headaches, especially the first year when people speak in English, you know, I had to just study and having a little more grace with myself and not beating myself up because I couldn't understand everything all the time. I've been mocked up because of my accent, uh, made fun of, You know, there's all this thing like, oh, Italian, speak with the hands. Now I laugh about it. I don't care. But back then it was like, why do you do that to me? You know, Mm -hmm. I because I felt inferior because I didn't do this, the the inner work that I've done afterwards. Right. And so, um, and so that made me who I am today. And I decided to move to Los Angeles to take another step because I was like, okay, if I need to do this, I need to make it bigger. I need to do what feels right and aligned. Because when you when you are an actor, you do a lot of inner work. But they don't really teach you how to channel it. So I had a lot of emotions, a lot of drawers in my memory, my past, in my uh, in my mind, that I could pull up whatever character I wanted to, whatever emotion I wanted to. But I didn't really know how to channel that. And therefore, I had to start the inner work. You know, at the beginning, I was making fun of all these Americans talking about, you know, um, law of attraction and, um, you know, inner work. I was like, yeah, 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 whatever. Right. Um, I'm from Italy, so I'm a very straightforward person, blah, blah, blah. And then I realized that they were right. I mean, all the things that I've learned is because I moved here. So,
0: yeah, I moved. Los Angeles yeah go ahead and I want to talk about that journey and what you discovered um but it's funny you mentioned about how you were getting headaches and just before you said that I was remembering I used to work for a French company and um one of the my colleagues he was based in Paris he was Irish as well but um, he had to move to, I think it was Singapore, but he didn't speak the language. But he said to all of his colleagues over there, um, don't speak to me in English. I want to learn the language. And he said after about a week or two, he started getting these intense headaches. And he realized it was because he was like trying to learn this new language. And he was like so like focused and concentrating and it is just a huge like you're rewiring your whole brain to this new language so it's interesting you said that you were getting headaches and obviously having spoken Italian your whole life and now being just immersed into a land of English and speaking people it's it is such a a big change but um, I digress we we you were talking about the law of attraction so How did you come to realize your purpose? Where you you were starting to kind of delve into these areas? I moved to Los Angeles, right? And I have to say something that um,
1: very important in all this that played a huge role. I was here on a student visa here in the US, right? And then with an artist visa, and having paperwork here in the US, it is really, really hard. So in order to keeping up with my artist visa, I needed to work as an actor all the time in the performing arts all the time. Otherwise they take that privilege away from you, obviously, right? So my whole day was dedicated on finding jobs, on getting marketable for that, and so once I moved here to Los Angeles, it was very mainstream. It was what, it was a little cookie cutter, different from New York. New York was more about the art and theater. And uh, let's meet up with a group and connection. And here in Los Angeles, although I now I feel like it's my home, right? But for years, the first years that I was here, it felt a little lonely, not more artistic. And so I felt that I, I, did, I wasn't inspired anymore, Sandra. I'm, I'm telling you the truth. I was like, what's next? I need to work as an actor because I want to be here. But what? And that's when I started to, I challenged myself. I remember watching one of Tony Robbins masterclass or something. And he's like, what are the things that you're most afraid of? And I remember writing down, I put it on my fridge. One thing was stand-up comedy being a stand-up, like, Talking in front of a lot of people, because as an actor, it's very different, right? And the other one was uh, surfing, because I'm afraid of deep water, especially if I don't see underneath. Well, I haven't done surfing yet, but surely I became a stand-up comedian. I signed up at a stand-up class, and I enjoyed it so much. I got recommended to from the teacher to this um, guy who booked gigs at the Comedy Store, which is the most famous place um, in the United States where all these famous comedians mm, perform these stand-up comedies such as uh, Jim Carrey and uh, Robin Williams, all those, right? And therefore I did that for, alongside with the acting for almost three years. And that was a huge experience for me, but still there was something missing. I was not happy. You know, I was doing it all. Like if you saw my social media, woof, I was killing it, you know, but, uh, and also, you know, started doing some self-development work, some inner work. I started working more because I was showing up as my authentic self and not as a fake confident person, but still something, you know, I was single. I was dating a lot, trying to, but it was, everything was meaningless. I wasn't finding my people and uh and then i started applying the the law of attraction not just that right reading a lot of books uh the power of your subconscious mind by joseph murphy uh if you ever read that
0: book oh so good so good yeah
1: (laughs) and and i remember having a lot of post-its i often tell this story in my studio apartment in hollywood east hollywood which is not a great neighborhood where I used to live. Um, And um, I didn't believe those affirmations. I was reciting them, but I was like, what is this? Right. And therefore they never worked for me, obviously. And I remember one night I really sat on the floor, a little defeated. And I'm like, what am I doing here? What is my purpose? What's out there for me? And I remember there was one post-it with written faith, which I'm not really, even if I'm I'm Italian, I'm not really religious. And I was like, faith, what is is faith? And I remember in that moment, goosebumps from my tiptoes to my head. And I understood what faith was in that moment. Faith that everything was going to work out. Faith that what I wanted was possible. So I had to find out what I wanted. And so I started meditating. I started listening to Abraham Hicks. I started to watching, um, let's call them motivational videos, right? I started staying at home with my peppermint tea instead of going out, out for a drink in Hollywood, talking about biz, entertainment biz with people, because that's what you do, right? Because you always have fear of missing out when you are in that when you are in that space as I used to be. And and therefore a whole new world opened up to me. I actually, I did visual boards, all the visual boards that I've done actually, they all became a reality. I met my soulmate. Uh, we got married in nine months. Now we have a beautiful baby girl. I discovered my purpose acting was was probably a stepping stone for me to discover who I was and to probably meet also my husband and take me here to the U.S. because otherwise, uh, you know, whatever other job probably I wouldn't have met him. Um He allowed me to really open up my mind and see, see, you know,
0: so, like, yeah. Yeah, there's so much there. And I... I'm always amazed at how people find their path and find their way to spirituality. And a lot of the time it is through, um, as you said, that kind of need for something else, even though, everything was going great as you said you were in the comedy store you were acting you were doing all these things you were facing your fears i mean to me stand-up comedy has to be the most frightening thing ever i'm sure well maybe it doesn't i was going to say i'm sure it gets easier as you go on um but i'm sure every time you go out there you're facing a new audience you know it must be just so frightening um but also i think what we're doing now can be very frightening for me um this journey of starting my business as a healer and you know walking away from my corporate uh paycheck and you know uh, the the role that was um steady and secure and all the rest and being in the space of uh being entrepreneurs and doing what we love to do, I think that brings so much personal development in itself. Um, But what I want to talk about, you mentioned that you believe that abundance is your birthright. And I fully agree with that. And was that always your belief or was that something that you had to work on?
1: Oh, no, I worked on it. I constantly work on it because it's that something that I do with my clients, right? I was born in a poor family. I was born with my family telling me that you got to work hard if you want to obtain things, that we are not them. We are good people, but we are hard worker. And no matter what we do, life is hard. So I knew what was familiar. I was accustomed to what was familiar to me. Therefore, I had to rewire my brain, my mind in order to make my business easy, making money flow to me. And I had to do a lot of healing. And, you know, sometimes there is a misconception when you talk about healing, it's not that you're broke, broken or that you are sick or anything. I think, and I feel that all of us, we need healing in a way or another one. So that's why I became a clinical hypnotherapist because I started my coaching business uh, at the beginning uh with a lot of you know I was a little I, I wanted to but I didn't really wanted to abandon the act is, uh, acting part because I spent 15 years doing that right so I was attached to it I struggled so much that I didn't want to let that go now I don't I don't really care whatever you know like before I was like oh, I gotta watch the Oscars on tv because if I miss that and now I'm like uh when are they I, I don't know <laughs> you know what I mean so for me um when when you talk about abundance abundance can be anything it's a broad word right it can be abundance in you know you have the love of your family nature is abundant but for me the money part is really important because i've always struggled and i saw my family struggle so much and fighting for money and i've i used to live in how do you call it kind of projects i don't know if you guys have that those two in um Ireland, I guess, so maybe they're called differently, but low-income houses, right? And therefore, I've seen a lot of bad situations, and I lived also in bad neighborhoods. Um, I got chased by homeless people here in in Little Armenia, close to Hollywood. It was like really, really scary, Um, but when I started doing the inner work with abundance and money, money, came to me more easily and when I started following and pursuing and living and breathing my purpose that's where things became to me I mean they came to me without me chasing them that makes sense
0: yeah it was like it it opened up for you and it became easy almost would that be right exactly exactly without forcing it which is great confirmation that you're on the right path and what you're doing is in alignment. And that feeling that you said when you were talking about there was that emptiness or something missing, even though you were doing what you know, When you started doing this coaching and um, working as a hypnotherapist, did that fill that void for you? Did you find that that? Definitely. So
1: meeting my husband was a big part of it. Also, like a missing piece that I w- that I was missing. When I met him, I started to enjoy a walk at a mall or at a park. And before, I was like, Mm-mm, "Okay, let's meet with that person. What can you do for me? What can I do for you? Who can you introduce me?" I was that kind of person, you know, very Hollywoodish style. When I met him. And he, he's not in that business, uh, thankfully. Um, he's a nerd. He's an IT manager. <laughs> so he was talking all about computers and stuff. And, um, and I was just enjoying the moment with him. I was I started enjoying the present moment while doing the healing with myself. And then I realized that I didn't have to be attached to my past, that I could be whoever I wanted to be even if that meant finding a new career or discovering my my purpose, really. I still remember, you know, I hired a coach because, you know, when you hire a coach, he's gonna, or she's gonna show you the light before you see it, right? So I remember that I didn't have the money to invest in a coach. I mean, come on, who does have money to invest in a coach if you, <laughs> you don't have a problem to solve, right? I didn't know I had a problem. And I remember when he told me that it was like probably $3,000 back then I started crying because I didn't have that money. I was working as a server in a restaurant because that's what you do right Um, when you're an actor and but I really wanted that something different for my life and he, he was like okay um, do you have a down payment? Like, I think it was 20%. I don't have it. Let me see what I have in my bank account. I have, I had 305, $300 and $5. And he was like, okay, can you keep the deposit now? I, you know, accept 10% if you want to work with me. And I remember I wired in the money and I was left with five bucks in my (laughs) bank account. And that changed my life though. Because you invested in yourself. Yes. I believed in myself. I invested in myself. I became a coach. I saw that a lot of clients got a lot of results. But then when I became a clinical hypnotherapist, they just, their results was
0: even more, right? And uh, I'm so happy I did it. I'm so happy I did it. And it's funny because had you not taken that step, had you not believed in yourself and invested in yourself, you could still be where you were. You could still be working at that restaurant or doing what you were doing and still looking for that certain, you know, fulfillment. And the fact that you, I mean, it's such a brave move because you were left with $5. Obviously, um, that was probably all the money that you had at that time. And you put it into that knowing that you wanted to do it and you were passionate about it um, and you had the courage to do that. And um, so roll on to now where you're teaching people about wealth and a wealth mindset, um, which is wonderful, because I think when you have come from not having anything to actually being in a state of doing what you love to do, experiencing the wealth and being able to give back and teach that to others, that's huge it makes such a difference so what would be your best um tips or practices for rewiring your mindset to wealth
1: Mm. uh well the fastest is doing hypnotherapy um hypnotherapy not all types of hypnotherapy like what i do i do a lot of regression with my clients meaning that we are going to find out what is the root cause of their beliefs the root cause of their behavior, right? The behavior is caused because of their beliefs, but most of the times they don't know what their beliefs are Um, because even if you have done a lot of inner work, we aren't aware because it's all in our subconscious mind. And we also have conscious, subconscious, and unconscious mind. And a lot of people talk about the unconscious mind. So you have to master a little bit um, the communication between you and your mind, whether it's conscious or subconscious or unconscious. So I will say hypnotherapy is the fastest and most effective, but definitely you can start. One of the tips that you can can do today is self-awareness and really look at your life and your bank account. Is that number satisfying to you? Does that number that you have in your bank account scare you? How does it make you feel? Is your financial situation reflecting your desires if the answer is no then ask yourself what would that number be to you so having a vision and then ask yourself where your what do you think about money what do you think about people with money do you do you think that uh, they're evil. Maybe you've heard the word "money doesn't go on tr- grow on tree." Maybe, um, which, by the way, I didn't hear that because we have a different kind of language, right? Of course. Uh huh. You too, probably. Like we all different parts of the world, right? But maybe your parents, your your friends, they told you, "Ah, oh, those are um, rich people are not evil." But I remember my mother telling me, "Rich people are snob." <laughs>
0: so,
1: uh, with it thinking, oh. Or if you're rich, you're not happy. Who said that? <laughs> like, where did, did it come from? You know, like, I, it's not true. I know a lot of rich people who are super happy, you know? So ask yourself, uh, what are your beliefs about money, about being wealthy? How does that make you feel knowing that you can be wealthy? Does it like, not me, like thinking makes you feel uncomfortable or it's something that you are like, oh yes, please let's do it, but you don't believe it really. Because the majority of people, they do want to have money. They do want to become rich, but they don't believe they can for a lot of you know subconscious reasons. So once you find those out, then you start the process. You can start the process of healing all that. And yes, I believe in affirmations now, but um you can start also creating your own affirmations. And the trick on that is to, for example, create your own affirmation that can be,
0: uh,
1: I am wealthy or everything I touch turns gold. That is actually one of my favorite. Everything I touch turns into gold. How does that make you feel? So if you start feeling in that moment, like really forcing yourself in a way of feeling, brainwashing yourself, unconditional love for the sentence that you're saying and visualizing that everything you're touching turns into goals, the money are coming is coming to you, that your bank account is growing, that you're making a difference in other people's lives, whatever you want to do, even if you're a plumber because you're making a difference in other people's lives, right? If you're into that zone, Abraham Hicks calls it the vortex, right? Then your reality, your money, desire appears in front of your eyes before you even uh, realize it.
0: And I think when you talk about affirmations, um, finding that affirmation that really kind of clicks with you is so important because um, I don't know if you've read Florence Scovel Shin, um The Game of Life and How to Play It she has all these amazing affirmations some of them are quite lengthy but I remember when I first read her work and reading some of the affirmations and it was just like oh this is amazing this really just like you could feel the vibration of it almost within your like energy whereas some affirmations you'll read you're like "Mm, that doesn't really work or yeah I don't really believe that But um, I found her affirmations to be amazing. And I remember writing them out and like having them like you did in your apartment, uh, plastered around my bedroom and loving, you know, just getting up in the morning. And as I was going about my day, brushing my teeth, reading the affirmations um, because they were so strong. Um, But yeah, it's finding that one that really kind of resonates with you, I think is so important. Absolutely. I totally agree with you. I
1: had these informations uh, that one of the acting coach told us to write down, such as, oh, it's so easy to win an Oscar. I was like, "What? (laughs) no, it's not. (laughs) I didn't believe that. So it's really important for you to find something that resonates. And maybe it's not tomorrow I'm going to win a million dollars at the lottery. Maybe it's not something that resonates with you, but maybe it's something smaller, something that it's more than you have right now but a little more you know believable that's important
0: absolutely and it's like those incremental steps where you take that first step and then when you see that coming about Then you can move on to the next step. So even if you're working with an affirmation for um, having a certain amount of money, I know a lot of people work with starting off with, I receive a thousand dollars or a thousand euro. And then when they do receive that, then you can go on to the next like 5,000 or 10,000 or whatever is after that, rather than jumping straight to, you know, uh, a huge number. So making it more believable for you. Yeah. And what I've noticed also that a lot of people uh, in the self-development world
1: is that they rely too much, I feel, into um, the receiving, which I agree, you have to focus on what you want and not the how, but I think the how plays a big part. Meaning that you might not know every step of the way, but you need to take the first step and the second, when the steps are going to be shown to you, right? And that's why um, I created the trifecta method um, with my students and my clients, meaning that I help them to build um, a strong and sustainable and, and, you know, solid business. But it has to be done between healing, some of the marketing and the laws of the universe, all linked with inner work and higher self. Why? Because a lot of people, they say, oh, I'm going to apply the law of attraction. I'm not going to work today. I'm going to watch Netflix and money's going to show to me. No, honey, it's not going to work like that. Or a lot of people are like, okay, I'm going to hustle. I'm going to do all these funnels and I'm going to make money. But then you don't resonate with your clients. Your energy is off. You you didn't heal those part in your subconscious mind that are stuck, your beliefs. And therefore you come across differently and people don't want to buy from you so therefore you're not gonna have the money that you desire so I really feel and actually my my students are the proofs of that that if you have all these three things in place that's when your business will thrive and continue to thrive
0: and I love that you integrate the laws of the universe and working with your higher self because often that's missing and I think it's such an important part to have because as you say You can have all the techniques or all the, you know, the steps, but you can be missing that, um, you know, spiritual aspect, which brings it all together and it's taking that holistic viewpoint. So I love that you have that trifecta um, within your work. Um, So I know that you have a quiz called What's Blocking Your Abundance. Um, So, Yeah. yeah you help people to find out what blocks they have by going through this quiz. Tell us a bit about that. How does that work?
1: Well, it's a, a bunch of questions. It's fun to take. Um, that you'll find out what the things that based on your personality um, are blocking the abundance coming to you, AKA money. Because uh, in my case, abundance is money, right? Uh, that's how I see it. And also on your results a few steps that you can take today in order to reverse that
0: so so
1: where do they go to find that well it's uh, Monica Valero my first name and last name slash quiz very simple Valero with two L's
0: brilliant so thank you so much I've loved your insight so well done for the work you're doing Before we finish, I mentioned recently that I felt called to offer a live session for the Lionsgate Portal and the Leo New Moon on the 8th of August, the 8-8 Portal. So since then, Divine Synchronicity has brought myself and Shireen Oberg together to host the event. Um, you'll probably remember Shireen from a recent episode of the podcast and her her energy is so beautiful. She's a gorgeous connection with the goddess and I'm so excited for this huge portal, this event, and I hope you'll be joining us for this activation to the light. You can find out more and sign up at lawofpositivism.com forward slash Lionsgate. I'll also put a link in the show notes so you can grab it there. So thank you once again, and I will see you very soon for the next episode of the Fiercely Spiritual Podcast. Bye-bye.